Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that he has in store for you. You know, it's just kind of been a, a surreal time. First of all, I say welcome home for those who are in the house and welcome to those who are watching again around the country and around the world. Thank you guys for being so faithful through this whole time as you've been, uh, as you've been watching. It is great to be back in the house of the Lord. You know, it has been, like I said, just a surreal time and I, I like what one person said. He said, you know, if my mama ever says to me uh, again that she's gonna slap me in the next year, I will gladly say yes to, uh, to that. And just, uh, you know, yesterday, some of us were, were working at somebody's house because uh, they had some, uh, some humongous trees that fell down. And, uh, and so we were, we were working there, but it did remind me of a story. And that's where these, uh, a guy that was, uh, went in to, to buy a Harley Davidson and the, the person there said, look, you can't just buy a Harley Davidson. You have, to, you have to prove you're tough. And he says, man, I am tough. He said, you know, he said, I'm a lumberjack. And just the other day, I was, I was cutting wood and I accidentally cut my hand off and I sewed it back on all by myself and went right back to work. And he said, let me, th- let me get this straight. You cut your hand off and you went right and you put it on yourself and you went back to work. He said, that's, that's correct. And he said, man, you are tough. He said, you get your Harley Davidson. And the guy said, all right. But it's not just seeing this to see everybody in the house again. It is, it is like this. It is so wonderful to see familiar faces. And guys, again, I can't wait for what God is about to, uh, to do in us and through us. You know, the message, I'm, uh, the series that we're starting, Unstuck, it's not the series I, I was planning on doing. The, the worship design team can, can, uh, can testify to that. Uh, I had prepared for weeks for a different series that we were going to do. But a few months ago, I really felt the word unstuck, unstuck, unstuck. Little did we know that we were going to be stuck as a nation for, for that. But God knew, didn't he? And little did I know that when we started this, that we were going to start the series, it was when we kind of became a little less unstuck as a, as a congregation uh, uh, again. But again, once again, God knew, didn't he? And, and you know, I was, I was really praying and saying, God, are you sure you want me to completely change gears and do something completely different? And, and then I, I came in here and I'm, I'm praying again and somebody just walks up to me uh, from the praise team and said, you know what? He said, things have been just great with my family. I've been having a great time with my kids and, and my wife, but man, I just feel like I'm walking in mud. I just feel stuck. And somebody else, then I had uh, a young man call me up and say, you know, I'm just, I'm just stuck in this habit that, I'm, that I've, I've been doing. I'm just stuck in, in this. Somebody else I, uh, had a, a husband and wife uh, call me up and say, we're just, we're just stuck in this, in this negative pattern in our in our marriage another lady said I've been uh, I've been single for for 12 years and I've been just been in this pattern of isolation since then somebody else said my my son is is stuck in depression another person said you know what I had to fire somebody because this this young man is just stuck in bad choices and mediocrity and I could go on and on but I'm going okay Lord yes we'll do we'll do unstuck but I think that's something
something that we can all relate to because we've been stuck for a while, but not only just as a nation have we been stuck, but we're obviously really stuck as individuals as, uh, as well. And we get stuck physically, don't we? I mean, there's times we get stuck. Go ahead and show that up there. We get stuck in, in traffic. We've all been, been there. We get stuck in, you know, just sticky situations. I don't know what Batman's doing in that much mud. We get stuck also in the, in the snow and things. If for those of you that have ever been up north or out west or anything, we've been stuck there. But that's not the stuck I'm talking about. We're going to be stuck at talking about getting stuck emotionally and relationally and physically and, I mean, and, and uh, spiritually and everything like that. And I was just thinking, what are some of the ways that we get stuck? And, and I could talk about so many different things. We're just, uh, just going to kind of lay the foundation this, uh, this week and really, man, get into some really cool stuff. Next week, we're going to be talking about and start about a nation that got stuck and we're going to be talking about people that got stuck and you're going to find yourself so much in those that we can relate to in order to get unstuck but here's some of the things I thought you know several people are in the right now they're stuck in trying to make a big decision they're stuck they have so many different options or a couple different options I know so many people that are stuck in the middle of a big decision so some people are stuck in a job they don't like a dead-end career path a negative way of thinking. There's, there's, you know, people that think I'm a loser. Things, bad things always happen to me, and and stuck in negative things of hatred and and, and racism, things like that. Fuck, uh, stuck in in dysfunction. Uh, that that sometimes we get stuck in just a way of of relating to each other and things. One person did uh, did this. That there was, uh, I was in a uh, a parking lot, and I heard this lady screaming at her kids and they were only like two kids probably five and six years old and I don't mean yelling I mean screaming at her kids and I don't know why and I may be wrong and I hope I'm wrong but unless something stops in that cycle of dysfunction those kids when they're teenagers are probably going to yell at mom and dad too because that's what they've been taught and there's a real good chance that unless they stop that cycle of dysfunction that they're going to that those kids that when they grow up they're going to yell at their kids too and start this whole pattern we can get stuck in dysfunction we can get stuck also in discouragement and depression we lead the, the world in antidepressant drugs uh, the, we get stuck in the rat race. So many people were saying this is one thing that was great about getting un, you know, away from everything is they just realized, man, I was just caught in this, this circle, this cycle of rat race. Uh, another, I mean, something else is finances. So many people stuck in finances. And, and just in one way, 37% of all households are in consumer debt to, uh, to, to credit cards, 37%, just one way. Hopelessness, a bad habit. I could go a thousand different directions there. How about trying to please people? Anybody relate to that? And we try to please people and, and, and things. And, and here's the bad thing about that. It's never, ever, ever going to work finally, right? I mean, if we're trying to please people, we are going to be disappointed because we are not going to be able to please everyone. Even Jesus, who was perfect, could not please everyone, could he? Another thing, a drive to perform. Some of, I mean, we can really relate to that, a lot of us. Perfectionism, legalism. We're stuck in trying to have to be in control. A trap of comparison. And for some reason, I just thought I'd to, to, to talk on that as a second. Don't we do that as, as individuals? We compare our life to other people's lives. We compare what we have to what other people have. We compare what they can do to what we can do. We compare you know, our looks to their looks and things like that. And, and here's the thing about that. We always lose in comparison. Say we get, we're on the, on the better side of that, at least what we think. I mean, what we get into there is pride, right? And God hates pride. Pride comes before, uh, what's the word? 
before a, a, a fall. And on the other thing, if maybe we're lo- you know, lower and we don't have what they have and things, it's, it becomes uh, jealousy and envy uh, go in. And think about what that does in our, in our life as, uh, as well. In, in two things, when we compare ourselves, usually we compare our weakness with their strength, right? Or what we don't have with what they do have. And instead of being incredibly grateful for all the things that we have, we find ourselves jealous and envy of what we don't have. And a lot of times as, uh, as well, there's, there will always be people who have more, right? There will always be people who are cuter. There will always be people who are richer. There will always be people who drive something cooler. There will always be something that has something newer. So we'll, we'll always find ourselves on the short end of the stick and depressed and encouraged instead of thankful for all that God has, uh, has given us. Some people are in a health, an unhealthy cycle of marriage, an addiction, a sinful dead in lifestyle, bad health. People are caught in just this, this cycle of, man, I can't get healthy. Uh, materialism, mediocrity. Obviously, I could just go on and on. But here's the thing. This, mess, this series is not about rubbing our face in the areas where we are stuck. This is about how do we get free? How do we get set free from these, uh, from these things that we're talking about? And probably you could relate to, a, to at least one or probably several of those, of those things. Some things we need to understand about being stuck is the first one is this. We all get stuck, don't we? We all get stuck. There are times that we, you know, seasons that we go through that sometimes we just get in a rut. We get stuck. We go through seasons like that. But also, every one of us are stuck in some way, if we're honest, right? There's times that we just get, we get stuck in, uh, in, in some area that at least one or, or more areas, we need to grow in those areas. At least one or more areas of the things we talked about and a hundred others, there's things that in this side of heaven, we're always going to be stuck in, uh, in something. And don't miss this either, is we're always going to be stuck in, in every area of our life at some point or another, even the things that we love. You may have the greatest friends in the world. You may have the greatest BFF there is or the greatest bros, but there's going to be some sticking points with them, right? There's going to be some things you don't like about them. Why? Because they are human beings, and they're going to let you down and things just like they have to put up with you because you're a human being. Or how about marriages? Even the greatest marriages I know get stuck from time to time. Ladies, you may have, have married Prince Charming, but there are times that he's less than charming, Right? There are times that he, you know, controls the remote, right? There are times that he leaves the seat up. There are times if it's like most guys, he does not see dirt around the house unless it's deep enough to to have agriculture in, right? And there's times where he produces more gas than the state of Montana, right? And then maybe, guys, maybe you married Sleeping Beauty, but Sleeping Beauty can have some hellacious mood swings, right? And she may not be able to tell you what she, what she likes, but she can sure tell you what she doesn't like, right? And we could go on and on. I'm saying even the best marriages have sticking points. The same thing, too, is, is your kids. You may love your kids more than life itself, but there are times, let's be honest, there are times you want to Google adoption agencies, right? I mean, there's time, maybe on the way to church this morning you wanted to Google adoption agencies. And also in your job. I mean, the job that you may have a job you absolutely love, but there's going to be sticking points in your job. There are going to be things that you don't like about your job. I love my job. I love being a pastor, but there are things I do not like about, you know, about what I have to do. I don't like meetings. I don't like some things that deal. And here's the thing. What I love about my job, not only just is, is I get to deal with people on a regular basis, and people are amazing. 
and people are wonderful and people are incredible and I love people. You know one of the hardest parts about my job? I deal with people, right? And people can be tough and people can be challenging and they can break your heart and they can be saying, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord one day and three days later, crucify him, crucify him, right? There's things that we, that we and, and sometimes we can even get stuck in the daily business of our job, right? There are things like, like uh, there are times when I'm writing a sermon and I absolutely feel like I'm having a download from God. There is nothing short of it. It feels like the Holy Spirit is whispering in my ear. I cannot type fast enough because it feels like a download. There are other times I get stuck and it's almost never that I don't have enough to say. It's always that I have too much to say and how do I say it in that message or in that series? And, and one of the worst times I've ever been stuck in recently is doing the first part of this series of how do I get this and how do I get it started? I think that's kind of ironic that get stuck about doing a series about getting, getting stuck. But some other things in, uh, in life too, and I'm not talking, you know, preaching on preaching. Where is it in your life? Where is it where you get, get stuck in your, uh, in your business, in your area? And here's something, too, is we're always going to get stuck sometimes in our relationship with God. And maybe some of you are going, really, that happens to you, too? Absolutely. It happens to every one of us. There are times in life where you feel like God is closer than your next breath. There are going to be times in your relationship with God that you're going to be like David and go and say in Psalms, where are you, God? Where are you? I'm not feeling you right now. I'm going through a tough season. And think about it, how many times just David, who was a man after God's own heart, how many times he got stuck. He got stuck in, in a cave. He got stuck with, with uh, the king trying to kill him. He got stuck with, with having his son trying to kill him. He, there was times he was, he was stuck in relationships. He was stuck in this. He was stuck in, in that. And you know, if you take a look at, at Elijah and Moses and David and, and jo Job, you look at Jonah and you look, what do they all have in common? They all have in common that every one of them said, God, please take my life because I can't handle this any, anymore. And so every one of us, we can get stuck from time to time in our relationship with God. If you read Christian biographies, you read that, the, that there are every time these incredible men and women of faith, there are seasons that they go through that are extremely difficult, that they get mired down in whatever they, they are that they're doing. So what do we, and, and you know what they used to, they call it, is this, the mystics call it the dark night of the soul. Can you relate? There's times that it just seems like like there, a night can get really dark and a season can get really dark in, uh, in life. And, and so, so what do we do when we get in the dark night of the soul? What do we do when it just, it doesn't feel like God is as close as he's been sometimes? We do what they do. We keep going on. We keep believing. We keep doing the things that start with relationship, with, with reading the Bible, with spending time with other Christians, with hearing the word of God. You keep going on. And I remember one time that, that I, the very first mission trip that I ever took inside the country was when I was in high school and we, uh, we worked on uh, Native American reservations and we were helping them with, uh, with some things. And I remember one time, I don't remember why we had to do this, but I remember we had to get from one side of the Rio Grande River to the other. And it was a pain. First of all, it was about this deep going through the water and it was freezing I'm talking you can see the snow where this thing is coming that's how cold this was but that wasn't the worst part the worst part was getting in the mud the mud was at the minimum above your ankles and several times it was above your knees as we're going through this and all you had to do was just so much effort to get unstuck 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 and then sometimes one of us would get so stuck that the others would have to come and help them out and then that person would would help some other people out and and we just somehow got to the other side man it felt so good to just be unstuck 
And I really believe that that's a lot of the Christian life. That we spend time, that we just, we go and we get stuck, but we keep going forward. We keep moving forward and every step is closer to being unstuck. And there's times that we need help from our brothers and sisters. There's times that I cannot get unstuck and I need my brothers or sisters to help. And then the greatest thing is then I can help them when they get stuck. And there's times that we just have to admit we get stuck in life and we need each other to get unstuck and we keep going forward in order to get unstuck as, uh, as, as well. And so I just want to say right now, if you're feeling stuck right now, and you're feeling maybe a dark night of the soul, I just want to applaud you for being here. I want to applaud you for watching online. Because what it's saying is, you know what? I'm going to do the things that it needs to get un unstuck. I'm not just staying stuck. I'm going to do something. And listen to, listen to this too. Is Matthew 13 says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a person finds it, he goes and hides it again. And then in their joy, went and sold all he had and bought that, that field. Did you understand what's happening? The guy wanted the treasure in the field, but what he had to do in order to get that treasure is he had to buy the field too. And there's times that whatever it is, it's the treasure in your life. It can, it could be your marriage, it could be relationships, it could be, it could be your job, it could be whatever it is. There's gonna be those, that treasure but there's going to be the field too. And the field, you know what the field has in it? The field has dirt, the field has mud, the field has vermin, the field has snakes, the field has insects, the field has whatever. And so the, I just want us to understand, even in the good things of life, there's going to be sticking points. Even in the things that you love to do, there's going to be things that are, that are rough. Not, there's also going to be, along with the treasure, there's going to be the field. So the first thing we, we do is realize that we understand that, that everybody gets stuck. The second thing is we need to understand is that Satan, his desire is to get us stuck. He works passionately to get us stuck and keep us stuck. 76 years ago yesterday was D-Day when, uh, when the, uh, the Allies stormed, stormed five beaches at Normandy uh, in order to, to rescue the Europe from, from Nazis. And here's something that happened is before that happened, there were thousands of paratroopers in the French resistance that went behind the lines and, they, uh, and they, they destroyed bridges and they destroyed railroad lines. You know why they did that? It's so that, that the troops over here would be stuck. They would be stuck in railroad centers. They would be stuck on one side of a river so they couldn't go over here and fight. And that is exactly what Satan wants to do in our life. He wants to get us stuck back here so we can't fight over here, so we can't do what we're supposed to do, so we can't live the way we're supposed to live over, over here. And what are some ways that he wants to get us stuck? You know, even two, just a, 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 two weeks ago or so as I'm writing this, this message, the one that just got me was division. That's one way that we need to get, be un, unstuck. And, and think, because he wants, he loves division. And think about, this has been a year of incredible division, a year of political division at the start, a year of racial division. And now it just seems like division, division, division. Who's the author of that? Who loves that? Who applauds that? Who is laughing the whole time? You know why? Because of this. He knows that united we stand and divided we what? Fall. He knows something also that if we are so busy fighting ourselves that we are not ha going to have the energy or the resources or anything else to fight our, the, the real enemy. Amen? Something else is that he does is, is he tries to, to keep us stuck in complacency. And that means that we are so busy. We're so busy in our own little empire that, that we're busy building our own empire that we do not have the time 
We do not have the resources, we do not have the energy, and we do not even have the passion to, to be doing what we're supposed to do with God's kingdom because that's why we're on this earth. That we're so caught up in complacency and feeling, feeling uh, fat and sassy in our own life that we're not doing what we, we were created to, uh, to do. Another thing is, is, is we get stuck in, uh, in compromise as well. And we have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. And we're trying to do that both. And sometimes the, the, what Satan is trying to do is he tries to, the Bible says, squeeze our thoughts into his mold. That our thoughts become his, his thoughts become our thoughts. That we start thinking like, uh, like non-Christians. We start thinking like the world around us instead of thinking like, like God wants us to do. And so we, we come across things and, and we start thinking like him. That's where the compromise that he's wanting to do in our, our life. Another thing is this. Being stuck keeps us from going where you want to go. And nobody's going to go, you're kidding me. I've, I've never, even, never even occurred to me that. But think about it. It's really important that we understand that. If we are stuck in any area of our life, it keeps us from, from, understand, from receiving the abundant life that God has and living the abundant life that God has and doing what God wants us to do and, uh, and also just fulfilling our, our destiny. I'll give you an example, and we're going to talk about this another time. There's a lot of people that are stuck in their past, right? And it could be a, a, a horrible thing that happened to them. And something that happened here, because of this down here, maybe when they were a child, maybe something just, it is hard for them to live here. They're stuck in something that happened over there. Sometimes it's a good thing. And sometimes they're thinking, you know, why can't today be like yesterday? Why can't the future be like the, the past? And they're stuck where they are right now, stuck in the past. And just like when you're driving, you can't drive and, and, and focus on the rearview mirror, can you? You have to focus on what's ahead. You glance at the rearview mirror, you learn from the rearview mirror, but you gotta focus ahead. And that's just one area where God says, if we cannot be, you know, go on where if we're stuck in the past. And that's the other thing too, is you can't get, you know, get free until you get un, unstuck. You will remain where you are until you do something about it to get unstuck. If you're walking through the woods and you get stuck on some briars, some branches there, some of those wait a minute vines, you know, and get stuck there, you're not going to go forward until you get yourself unstuck. That's the only way to, to go forward. In the same way, if you, for those of you that have ever been stuck in the snow, like I've been stuck in the snow, you're going to stay there until somebody comes along and helps and helps push you out or you call a tow truck or anything like that. Until you get unstuck, you'll go Going to remain stuck and so what are the things that you need to do to get unstuck in the areas that you're stuck in another thing is and this is the I really want to just have this burn in our heart that God we serve a God that is amazing at getting people unstuck in fact you look at Jesus and here's what it says here, Jesus was, came into the, uh, started to do ministry for the first time. He, he walks into a synagogue and he reads from Isaiah chapter 61 and this is what he says. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is saying this, here's why I came. I came to set people free. I came to get you unstuck. That's what he's, uh, what he's saying. And again, the, God set, the same Jesus that set people free back then is the same Jesus that is amazing to set people free right now. So here's the question, what do we do? 
What do we do in the areas that we're, that we're stuck? The first thing is recognize where you're stuck. And I want to take a look just at the prodigal son. Remember the story of the prodigal son? And it says this. Not after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered the wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. He, uh, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So man, he is stuck in, in, because of decisions that he had made. He had made some terrible decisions and now he found himself in a dead-end job that no Jewish boy would ever want the job of feeding, uh, of feeding pigs. But watch what he said. He said this, when he came to his senses, you know what, he finally goes, you know what? I don't want to be stuck. I am stuck. I am stuck here and I don't want to be stuck anymore. When he came to his senses, that's where something happened. And it's when we finally realize in areas of our life, you know, I need to admit I'm stuck in that. And some of you, you know exactly where you're stuck. You don't have to, I don't have to say that. But I've been, you know, as, as I've been going through this, I've also, I also asked the Holy Spirit, God reveal to me areas I'm stuck. Show me things, and he's pointed out some things that I wasn't even realizing that, you know what, I've got to do something about that. I am stuck, and I don't want to remain stuck. The second thing is, do what it takes to get unstuck. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have food to spare? And here I am, I'm starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. Notice he didn't just stay stuck. He didn't just go, you know what? I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this job. I'm stuck in my position in life. I'm just, I'm just stuck, so I'm going to stay here. He said, I, he came to his senses, and then he said, I'm going to do something about it. He made a plan and said, I'm going to go back to my father and, and hope he hires me, hires me out. And then he said this. Then he started walking. And every step he took had him closer to freedom. Every step he took took him closer to being unstuck. And that's something that we have to understand. What's the plan? What's the plan that you have to get unstuck? And are you going to, every step you take towards that is a step towards, uh, towards freedom. And then finally, run into the father's arms. That's what the prodigal son did, and it's that moment that he became unstuck. As I said before, God is a master at getting people unstuck. God has no, if you saw your child stuck and they cried out to you, you know, help me, mom, dad, help me get unstuck. There is not a parent, there's not a person that isn't a parent that, that you know, even thinking about that would not go, man, absolutely, I would run and help my child immediately. Do you think God is any different? Do you think God would not, when we cry out and say, God, I'm really stuck in this addiction. God, I am really stuck in this pattern that is really hurting me. I'm really stuck in whatever it is. I'm really stuck in my finances, God. I'm really stuck in this relationship. God, will you please help me to, to, to get unstuck? There's a God who comes in that moment, and he's amazing, amazing. Why he came to this earth was to die for our sins, to show us how to live, and to get people unstuck. And if we could pray. God, first, we just admit that we're a people that we get stuck. And God, I, I just right now lift up every person who's in a season of just being in a rut, in a holding pattern, and stuck in some area. And it's keeping them from, from walking with you. It's, their keep, it's keeping them from their destiny. It's keeping them from enjoying life the way you intend. And there's other people, God, there's all of us that we are stuck in some areas of our life. So we ask that you 
you, you reveal to us when we need freedom. And God, we come to you right now and we say, God, help us get a plan. Help us get a plan to get out of debt. Help us to get a plan to help our marriage. Help us to get a plan to whatever it, whatever it is. And God, help us take those steps. Thank you, God, that you love us so much. And I'd just like us just to take a moment. Where are you stuck? What's some areas that you need freedom? Where's an area where you are hurting yourself or hurting other people? What's the plan that you're gonna do to get unstuck? What are the, the steps that you've got to take in those areas? And then run into the Father's arms. And God, we pray that even today, that there's people that are getting out of the mud, out of the prison, out of the chains, and God are running into your arms. And God, we ask that as we dedicate this series to you, that it transforms every person who's listening right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.